It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty. Dumb's Hit Music Station, F104. I'm joined in studio now by Sunil Sharp, spokesperson from Give Us The Night. Hello. Hi, Louise. Thank Thanks you for, for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, it's good to be here again. Uh, I think last time we spoke on the phone, this we time did. to the studio. So yes, yeah, good. Absolutely. So tell us, for anyone who doesn't know, what is Give Us The Night? Give Us The Night is an independent volunteer group. We're made up of volunteers, like I said, who are working within the nighttime industry or who are creative people who Mm -hmm. operate within the industry, uh, namely DJs, promoters, musicians. Um, There's quite a broad range of people really that are involved, that are either indirectly involved in Give Us The Night or who are directly involved with Give Us The Night. But certainly our interests lie in the nighttime. Uh, But in the current landscape or the current position that we're in or situation that we're in in Ireland in relation to nightlife we need to come up with a new type of sustainable business model that's going to work for everybody and in the past uh, it was a very black and white kind of business model for nightclubs Mm -hmm. um, and they weren't able to last and I mean that's that's been the same all over Europe actually and a lot of venues had to adapt to that yeah Um, so what we're looking to do is to is to change the landscape for nightlife, but also for for the creative community in yeah. general. And I think going into the future, we can see a lot more. Well, I visualize anyway a lot more communities coming together and operating within the same buildings by yeah. day and by night. So, which would be great because I think if anyone yeah. has been into town recently at night, they will notice that there's been a huge change of how it used to be mm. and how it currently is with yeah. places to go. There's very few. Uh, different types of things or different types of places to go yeah, to. Yeah, there's not much, there's definitely not much variety anymore. It's, um, and I, I mean, there's different reasons for that, but I guess the, without getting too into the whole licensing aspect of it, it has been made close to impossible mm-hmm. for interesting small to mid-sized interesting venues or specialist venues or even just average venues that are offering a, a decent level of entertainment or music for th- for them to survive. Yeah. Um, and this has been coming for, this hasn't just been an over, not, although the decisions that were made were, were done practically overnight and without much debate. I mean, the last real key decisions or legislative changes that were made were back in 2008, but they were they were guillotines through the doll at the time. And we've got a we've got a Dermot O'Hearn to thank for that. Um, it, it was really, really, really a nasty uh, move um, on his part at the time. And he could have made a few 
a few small amendments to that bill at the time to, that would have really assisted the nightclub industry at the mm-hmm. time. But listen, we can't cry over spilt milk, but it is important to to, to realise that only a small amendment at that time could have really helped the, the, the late night industry and we mightn't even be having this conversation now. Yeah. But even before that, I think there, there's been, there was always the discussion about our, about our laws, that they were very outdated, that they date back to 1935. I know that they have to start somewhere, but there's been very few updates or amendments mm-hmm. made to them since uh, 1935. And we're essentially operating under old pub legislation. Yeah. So that might explain why most of the offering at night is literally just pubs. And yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, we're all proud of our Irish pubs. It's one of the things that one of the things that Ireland is known for. But there needs to be an extra layer. There needs to be something after that. Yeah, um, absolutely. So is it down to closing times and, and the amount of crowd control and stuff that's associated with that's it? One, that's one of the things. Mm. I think I think for, for years people have been, you know, crying out for for more flexible opening hours and certainly uh, social social trends or social changes have meant that people don't all want to go out at a certain time and they don't expect to have to leave their house or wherever they live and go out at 9 or 10 in the evening mm-hmm. or 11. I mean, some do. And I mean, it's great if you can get in, have a good night out and not be out till really late. Sometimes that suits people. But it also suits a lot of other people to go out that little bit later and have the choice and I think this one size fits all system that you have to go out at whatever it is. Yeah. And you you go to a bar, then mm. you go to a club, then you're home at whatever, three o'clock. I mean, that that's fine. I mean, it's even worse outside of Dublin, actually. It's um, in, in some places like Waterf- Waterford's an absolute disgrace at the mm. moment. I, I mean, the people that are, are, are running that city at the moment should be ashamed of themselves of what they're doing to people in that city and operators and, and promoters and, and young creative people who just want an outlet for what it is yeah. that they do down there. I know we're, we're, we're speaking here in Dublin, so we're probably speaking more about uh, Dublin but as bad as it is in Dublin at the moment, it's even worse outside. Waterford isn't the only place, but it it is some. It, it makes my blood boil think, thinking yeah. of what happens down but there on so a regular basis. Be an option to them. Yeah, but it's just. I mean, there's without going into it too much. It just seems that nobody wants to even discuss it. I mean, we've brought it to it to a, to a national level now, mm. and I, I think it's it's very interesting how the the people that are meant to look after the nighttime economy, purple flag haven't said a word about this. Mm. They've said absolutely nothing. Sweet FA coming from uh, from Purple Flag about this. And these are meant to be the people that look after um, nightlife. nightlife. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know. I'd love to know if a representative from Purple Flag is out there and if they're listening to this now, if they want to answer for their, for their, their handiwork in recent years. Because these people are given the Purple Flag accreditation for the quality or the excellence of the late night offering in where, whatever town or city it is around mm-hmm. Ireland. And these people have been absolutely silent in this discussion. While ministers, while people right across the p- political realm, all parties are talking and about this stuff. It, yeah. People from the culture department, even people from the justice department. Mm-hmm. Why has nobody from Purple Flag spoken about this? It's disgraceful. So what can we see happening or what can be done about it, do you think? Um... Well, there's lots of things. I think it's going in the right direction now. But I think, I mean, there's lots of stakeholders involved in this. There's lots of uh, um, interest groups, creative groups. We can't think that this is all about us and what Mm. we want. And something that's changed with our campaign in the last couple of years is 
it's broadened a lot. It's not just about opening hours. It's about space in general. And okay. it's in somewhere like Dublin, I mean, that's really uh, a hot topic now. But we can see that this is starting to spread to cities like Cork mm-hmm. as well. So, I mean, it's about staying politically um, engaged in, in this topic. Be, uh, get ready to speak to your to your local representatives over in the coming months. But certainly it's going in the right direction. Yeah. But this stuff can't happen quick enough. So... When it comes to licensing is at the root of this mm-hmm. and generally changes like that could will take a big consultation process, which hasn't even properly begun. Mm-hmm. So we need to we need to wait for that to to start. But I hope there could be a couple of quick fixes or one particular quick fix that we could make from a licensing point of view, which would be to reverse a change that was made mm-hmm. in 2008, which would allow uh, something like a theatre licence to be used okay. for, for late night venues, which would really help That'd in the short term yeah. with the view to bringing in more wide uh, reaching changes that would help everyone mm-hmm. for, at night not only late night venues but any any businesses that operate in the evening time within yeah. the within the times that the nighttime economy is meant to um, be and that's from 6pm to 6am or 5pm to 5am dep- depending so. yeah and I see that Limerick are discussing the idea of a nighttime mayor mm. Explain to me what that is. Like, what is a nighttime mayor? What would they be responsible for? Um, the night, the nighttime mayor. Yeah, it's it's it varies from country to country and okay. city to city. But generally, it's someone that would oversee what's happening in that city or town and would come up with a strategy and who would engage with all stakeholders from restaurants to pubs to nightclubs to multi-purpose spaces, theaters. I mean, anybody that's involved mm-hmm. in the in the nighttime and late night industry and to just make sure that it works in mm. every city. I mean, the, the the nightmare or night commissioner or whatever you want to call that person, what, whatever they will. I know there's like arguments over Different what the names. name should be <laughs> or the nights are, but um, I think it all comes down to what that particular city needs. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it should all be down to just the stakeholders either. I think it should have to do with the youth. It should have to do with people that are want to operate in the nighttime industry, want to work in it want to create, want to put on their own nights, want to have somewhere that they can exhibit their work, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this comes back to the, the model of venue that we have as well. But certainly there will be a lot more interaction and a lot more love shown mm-hmm. uh, towards uh, towards nighttime and nightlife and not that it's just uh, something that has to be contained and uh, kept on a leash, which is sort of how, how it is uh, managed at the moment. I think a little bit more trust needs to be shown towards, towards everybody operating within the nighttime industry and just just let's loosen it up a little bit uh, but with better management Mm -hmm. and this will come from government departments to start with councils but also people like uh, the the nightmare and people that are working alongside him or her uh, whoever that might be yeah I like the idea of getting people who are I suppose who are going to be going out and enjoying themselves at night getting involved in how it's going to function and how it's going to work um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's what I say. I think it's yeah. it's different in every like somewhere like Dublin. I mean, that's a that's a big job. I mean, because it's obviously the capital Busy. city. Yeah. yeah. There are a lot of things to consider, obviously policing as well. We can't underestimate the like, I mean, one, one issue and there's no point brushing any of this under the carpet, but policing would be an issue. Yeah. They're all they're already quite, quite under resourced and mm-hmm. there's been cuts. And I mean, we don't we don't ignore that stuff or overlook that. But I mean, there's something that can really be achieved here. Yeah. Irish nightlife needs to catch up. But I genuinely believe it can be one of the, the best countries, if not the best pound for pound, for <laughs> want of a better phrase, in Europe. I absolutely believe that, but we need to come up to 
up to up to the level that we should be at and then we can start becoming creative and I think that's when it will get interesting but we've got a lot of we've got a lot of work to do and that starts with it does start with licensing to be honest and do you think we're moving in the right direction um, we haven't done anything yet. We've okay. talked about it and we've we've See, for, we formed some committees <laughs> and this and that. But I think one thing that's changed is that the the age profile of a lot of politicians, of the decision makers now and the decision makers of tomorrow, they understand this a little bit better and they yeah. they might have a little bit more vision. I'm not saying, and I mean, I don't a stereotype at all, but I would say that you know, there's a. I don't know. I just think there could be a lot more politicians, and I know from having met a lot of them now as well that they 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 would have gone and spent time or weekends away in other uh, cities around Europe that were, are more progressive when it comes to this stuff. Um, I mean, we're doing a lot of things wrong here, yeah. but I mean. I don't really want to point fingers anymore in that way. We have done it wrong, but we can do it right. There's really so, a lot of people involved in those decisions. and that's the There's a lot of government departments that will need mm. to be involved in it as well. It's not just a case of like somebody in the Justice Department uh, changes a little bit of legislation. Mm. And everything is fixed. I mean, it comes back to transport. It comes back to a, an actual tourism strategy that doesn't freeze out or eliminate everything after 11 p.m. That actually has a plan for that, because yeah. certainly we're, we're very lacking. Even Ray Yates, the arts officer from Dublin City Council, uh, uh, he, he commented on this a couple of weeks ago as well, that he, he, he believes there's very little happening in Dublin after was, after yeah. after 11 at night. And I mean, for him to be saying that about a capital, the capital city, Dublin, I mean, um, um, it's, not, it's not a great start but just getting back to what you said about Limerick and just to wrap up on the nightmare thing as well I think that's it I think it's great that they're that they're thinking that way It'll, mm-hmm. there'll certainly be and there's already questions being asked about well who will it be do we have to pay them all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff but I think it I think it's interesting we can, we can make up some of this stuff as, as we go along and it'll yeah. be it'll be different for Trial each city and error and yeah. find out what works what but, doesn't yeah. and, and I mean we should be leading the way in Dublin this should set a precedent to the rest of the country and then I think what happens there should also set a little bit of a plan albeit it will need to be different in rural areas as well as well because I really think of those places um, like especially down in, in Cork and Kerry they're, they're losing a lot of places and big venues and venues that would have been there for quite a few Long decades years, yeah. as well uh, family owned businesses as well and they just haven't been able to deal with various changes in, in, in their local areas um, and I would love to see that some of those venues might still have a way back in, you know, and maybe they might just need to remodel their, their business in cer- in certain way. I think some of them need a, like a kind of a, and when things do change, it's like they'll nearly need like a, a Gordon Ramsay type individual goes in that goes in there and just magics <laughs> everything up. But I, I think there is a bit of like a modernization that, that will need to happen inevitably with a lot of venues because mm. it, it can't be just all put down to licensing. Maybe some venues didn't uh, necessarily uh, get up to speed with where they should have been at as well Um, but then again a lot of them have been really living off very low profits if if any profits and it's very hard to to do work on your on your business um, when you've got the kind of overheads um, on top of the current insurance uh, problems that people do as well so and I suppose it's a big question but where would you like to see us get to uh, where would I like to see us get to? Big question, sorry. Um, I, you know, I don't like to compare us to too many other um, countries, but mm. I think I think we can look to cities. As a capital city in Dublin, I think Manchester's doing things particularly well okay. at the moment. I think, I think as well... Um, the work that they're putting into regenerating some of the boroughs outside of the main city as well mm-hmm. is a really good idea, obviously. 
And it's also you can there's similarities between the situation in in, in Ireland, Dublin and some of the areas outside of mm. uh, neighbouring counties and areas outside of Dublin or even just on the outskirts of Dublin City as yeah. well. I mean, we should be able to come up with, with a plan to bring a little bit of nightlife or activity back to some of the suburbs as well. Absolutely, so yeah. so I think um, I think Manchester uh, is uh, is a good place to look at in ways. Mm-hmm. Sasha Lord's a fairly smart guy, and he's he took over as nighttime economy advisor. Um, and you know, I'd, I'd I'd recommend anyone look into the work that's going on in yeah. Manchester at the moment. That, I think that's a good place. Although we just want to be Dublin as well. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually no harm in having a gauge. You know. Well, that's the other mm-hmm. thing too. I think we can do something unique here. We have a really rich cultural, you know, history and literature and theatre and music and art poetry I mean there's all sorts of things that can kind of blend into something that becomes uniquely Irish that isn't just all based around going out and raving either you know and I think it'll be very interesting in the future the types of venues what they'll look like and what Mm -hmm. the experience will be I mean another 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 thing as well will be how we consume music and maybe how we consume alcohol as well. Oh, I mean, that's, that's something that's changing. Um, and I think that's been the, the part that tends to get, tends to derail the whole mm-hmm. conversation sometimes. Um, but I believe that if people did have that uh, little bit of flexibility and I don't genuinely see the the problems that a lot of people yeah. have predicted, and if anything, I think it would it would it would help people. People would pace themselves, or they. I, I, I believe look at so. It I believe they yeah. would, and I've seen I see it in so many other uh, cities and countries on a regular basis around Europe. Um, I know some of them have a different temperament to the mm. Irish as well, but I mean I've been in plenty of other places that have a fairly you know hearty, for yeah. want of a better. Uh, um, term uh, group of locals or, or people in the town or city and they, they they enjoy the night out and they do pace themselves and there isn't that big rush to the bar at two or half two and it's putting the venues under immense pressure yeah. as well and and it means they take less um, less risks with their programming as well it means there's less time for local people to play and I mean I, I, just even in terms of late night clubs and stuff a lot of people think that late night clubs because they haven't gone to them as mm-hmm. well they think it's all they don't know exactly what it is you know they just it think is, it's yeah. a big thumping kick drum um, mm-hmm. for, for, for four or five hours and sometimes yes there are lots of heavy kick drums and whatnot. but a lot of a lot of late night stuff has turned into what the e- the evening night market is as well in that it's very act driven now so a lot of people go out like if somebody goes to a Phil Collins concert or a Paul Simon concert I mean they're going up there they're going in there to experience it mm-hmm. to see that act to maybe take some footage or take a photograph it's no different at a late night event as well and if you sure. put a headliner if you if if and when and it's going to happen when venues start going till 5 or 6 a.m. legally year um you will have um headliners that will play between half one and half mm-hmm. three or one and half three and then and then somebody local can go on and they will play and till the end. Off, and that will yeah. be something new and and weird and quite pleasing for a lot of people yeah, when it happens. Really yeah. um, and it might bring, I mean, I, I'd like to see, I feel there's a little bit of an imbalance in our music scene sometimes. It's always based around uh, 
the the headliner and whether it's mm-hmm. local or international but I do think that a lot more um, Irish acts can play a bigger role in some of our, our programming so here. We have so much We have, well, yeah. Like we're, 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 I mean, we're, we're I don't use the word saturated because it almost sounds negative, yeah. but I mean, we're, we're bursting at the seams now with yeah. talents right across the... It's um, a shame not to use it or give them the, the chance to... Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it seems that I mean the festival. Uh, the festivals are great when they come along, but it does seem that that's the only one of the only opportunities that a lot of people have now, and it's kind of sporadic gigs. Then re- the rest of the year, we want a venue, an actual venue circus, uh, something that can actually sustain itself, that people can travel from, you know, Outside, city to city, yeah, town yeah. to town. We want to bring a bit of that back, definitely. It'll, it'll take time, but I think we're. We'll I think there. the discussions are happening now, and that's it's great, positive. Yeah. So. So how can people keep up with the um, I I think just keep keep it keep an eye on the on the give us tonight social media channels. Mm-hmm. I mean we're 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 quite active at the moment in general. I mean there's we're 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 definitely in the the media and the news on a, a fairly regular basis now, and that's because things are happening. People or at are least, interested y- into how it's yeah. Going, yeah. I mean things are happening politically, so it's just it's just to keep the momentum going. And like we said to people at our Dublin meeting back in 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 January, have patience yeah. um, not everyone you know it, it will take a little bit of a leap of faith for some people to want to get on Give board with this and, people yeah. that will be making these decisions but mm-hmm. like I said we I think there's, there's a lot of people who need to have a voice in this and you you know I think getting back to what Ray Yates said a, f- a few weeks ago as well it's um, you do have to be careful um, that with something like this that has a lot of potential where there is innovation involved for somewhere like Dublin that you manage it correctly and you get it right mm-hmm. um, although I wouldn't agree with him that it should take three to five years mm-hmm. um, and I also wouldn't agree with him that uh, Dublin City Council have only really been are only learning about this now and are coming across this I mean um, the, the first open discussion about a nightmare being appointed in Dublin was back in uh, summer 2016 and it was in Dublin City Council buildings so um, they, they know about this you know so I think they need to they need to get on board and catch up here as well because at the moment they're not sitting at the table mm-hmm. and they've been invited by the, the culture minister and her departments to get involved okay. in a pilot group um, and they haven't uh, picked her up on her invitation uh, taken her up on her invitation yet so mm. I think it would they, be nice to get them involved yeah definitely hopefully yeah. sooner rather than later and I think they will but I think they need to need to see that this is um, uh, it's urgent so Neil thank you so much thanks Louise FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 